Welcome to the Coach Cahill Show, an audio masterclass on how to move the needle on your performance and impact as an athlete, parent, or coach. Here's your host, Coach Cahill. All right, so Paul, thanks for coming on. Uh, just for the listeners, because it's a little bit different than what we usually do. Tell us what you do and why you started it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I'm Paul Greeno, I'm founder of PG Sports, um, sports marketing agency, management company, whatever you want to call me. Um, <laughs> they do everything. I always say, uh, like, I'm a business manager, like, you know, marketing manager to, to the athletes, not an agent, um, just, to, so just to clarify with everybody. Uh, because there's a lot of, you know, people that say they're agents, but they're not really like certified agents and stuff like that. So that's why I always prefer not to not call myself agent. <laughs> so is there, and that's a, that's a good pit, a pit stop. So just to clarify, what's the difference between a sports agent and a sports marketer? Yeah. So like, I mean, a sports agent would be like a certified agent from one of the leagues and that negotiates the on-field contracts, which they could um, do the marketing aspect too. But um, I'm not sure if you've seen, but some of these bigger, um, you know, talents now have been going to like maybe either a smaller um, agency for on the field and then a bigger marketing agency or vice versa. Like Trevor Lawrence, um, he signed, uh, I believe, I think it's a smaller agency, but he signed with um, XL Sports Management. That's also an agency, but for only marketing. Gotcha. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's an interesting trend. So tell us about, I guess from your perspective, because you've been doing this for a while, um, how, I guess, how is, uh, how have sports or how have athletes changed how they market themselves in the past decade? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, as you know, we connected on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so it's all about social media. I think, um, you know, I, I think back and just like, um, for example, like I work with Chad Dawson, he's a, he's a three-time world champion he's from Connecticut too. What town uh, is he from? Uh, he's from New Haven. Okay, let's go. Yeah. So, um, like, for example, like, so he's he's 38 right now. And, um, you know, when he was in his prime, like, social media wasn't as big. So, say, like, right, so if you look at the older players, like, he has more Twitter followers than Instagram followers. But if he was, like, if Instagram was, like, in its prime when he was in his prime, he probably had, like, 100,000 followers right now. Like so, so that's like a one major difference. Like sometimes maybe they might have, maybe the older players I think probably missed out on a lot of good things now. But some of the newer players, I'd say like um, even like I always say you should definitely have like a Facebook business page, fan page, whatever you want to call it, a Twitter page, and an Instagram like at least. Um, and now even with um, just doing more business stuff with the athletes, like I get them on LinkedIn. So just because uh, you're trying to work, you know, they had professors, they had coaches like from all over the, and then if they play overseas, they got connections all over the world. Right. So give us your, I guess, um, how, what would, yeah. And like, you think about how social media has grown and it really doesn't, I mean, sports, you can see it because it's on TV a lot, Americans love sports, but it doesn't really matter the profession recently. Like everybody has a digital online footprint, whether you are aware of it or not. Um, and what you've done is you've helped guys be more intentional about it. Um, could you take us through what your typical planning process might be uh, mm -hmm. with an athlete for yeah. wanting to start their uh, or wanting to wanting to work on their marketing for themselves? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, everyone's like a personal brand. You're a personal brand. You got your podcast. Um, 
So I would just say like, you know, when I start working with an athlete, like I kind of just like kind of like audit, like all their social media kind of stuff, like what sponsors they may have had in the past or have currently, um, what their, what their goals are, obviously. Um, and then what I do too, is I always have them write a list of products that they actually use. Um, because, you know, a lot of companies like to give out product deals. So if they're getting a product that they actually use, then they're not really going to care that much about the money. Obviously you always want money, but if it's something that they love to use, that's saving them money in general. So, um, so that's like, those are like the three types of things I start out with. Mm -hmm. And most of the listeners are probably high school to high school parents, players, also college guys too, though, and coaches. Um, and I, I'm not sure you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is, isn't the player in likeness legislation, won't that also impact coaches as well? Can yeah, uh, I think coaches already could um, do do different types of deals. Right. Um, but um, like an interesting thing that just came out, uh, I believe yesterday, um, Duquesne, which is in Pennsylvania, uh, their basketball team hired a personal brand coach. So I think that's a whole brand new job. And I think that's dope. And like, that's I, awesome. That's like exactly what you do. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I was crazy. I'm just like, this is crazy. Like, even like, I remember just going into college and they kind of usually say like, you're probably gonna have a job that's not even like created yet and like social media wasn't like I graduated 2014 but you know I went to college in 2010 so like social media wasn't that big yet but by the end of it it was getting bigger and bigger so yeah just like things like that and just like the same thing like you were just I think you you were just mentioning just back to the social media and the branding like it's always like you want to make your your profiles look like professional and, and things like that you don't have any crazy stuff on there you know crazy college <laughs> things and all that <laughs> right yeah and it's like so i i used to teach uh criminal justice and we did a uh like a unit on social media mm -hmm. and like i don't think a lot of kids realize that snapchat twitter every social media company is required to hold on to all your data for like 35 years even right. if you delete it so there's really no such thing as a deleted piece of content like it's it's going to be on a server somewhere um and that's kind of, I guess that's kind of the negative side of social media, but can, can you talk about the impact or like two or maybe two or three predictions that you see as occurring in the near future with the NCAA now backing off and letting players monetize themselves? Yeah. So, I mean, I know all the states haven't passed it. I don't know how many it is, maybe like 10 or something passed it or, or passing it or in the process. I mean, I think uh, they just have to make it. I don't know. I get why the states are involved, but I think like the NCAA has to make some kind of rule where it's just like all for all 50 states. I just saw in Georgia, they, uh, they passed it, but it said something about like the school could take up to 75% of their profits for the athletes. So I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But like uh, University of Georgia came out and said they're not going to be doing that because they would allocate like those funds to like all, all, the t uh, all the sports or all the athletes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's kind of strange to me. I, like, I get what they're doing. That's like, you know, if you're the star player and then you're the bench player and you're not getting anything, but like, but that's the, I don't know, that's kind of like the point of the whole thing to make money. So I don't, I get it, but I don't understand why they would do that. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's any uniform application to it. It seems like a couple of states are piecemealing it here or there, but yeah. there's been no national ruling on it. There's no federal legislation on it yet. Like um, a, the best example I could give too is just like, imagine you're Johnny Manziel back in the day. And he's made, he would have made probably millions. And then you have to imagine you had to give some of that back to them to give to your team. Like, it's kind of strange. Like, Right. Well, also, too, at the same time, though, if you think about it, like if that's your starting quarterback and he's your team leader, 
and he's getting $10 million checks from Adidas as a 20 year old captain. And he's not giving you any of that. I don't know. Like, yeah, I wonder yeah. what the impact's going to be on like the, I guess the locker room culture kind of thing. Yeah, that's um, going to be strange. Yeah. Cause you got like, if you're like, think, I mean, it's, and this is like, like let's be real. It's only going to really impact the, the power five top 25 teams. like for the most part, would you say that's a, like a realistic yeah, assumption? Lucrative deals. But I think, um, you know, smaller schools and, you know, have hometown heroes that, I think they're going to get like, you know, small deals for, you know, restaurants and like cars, uh, car right. dealers and things like that. Like, I think that'll, that'll be cool. Like, even if, it, you know, it's a few hundred dollars, whatever, that's all like a lot of money to college kids in general, like regardless of an athlete or not. Right. So I guess for, for you, how are you positioned? Are you positioning your services for, for the college guys with, with this whole image and likeness thing, or is your, is your, is your marketing only still for pros and you're kind of waiting to see what happens? Yeah, well, a little of both. Like, I'm kind of just like waiting to see what happens, and um, you know, obviously UConn's here, so I already work with a lot of UConn players, so um, our alums. So, I mean, I think that would be like my main avenue right off the bat. Um, but I don't know what Connecticut has done yet. I don't. I'm not sure if they're in the process or not. But um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to be. I mean, it'd be stupid not to try to get into it. I mean, I feel like everyone's going to be in it too. And and I think it puts me in a better position because I'm not an agent. Like I'm not, I don't know what the rules are for that. Cause like I'm in the perfect position to actually sign these players because I'm not an agent. Right. And I guess, would you say that there's less, and this is for listeners who are interested in the sports route as a profession, would you say there's agents, agents definitely have, is there more legal jargon to worry about when you're an agent versus just working on the marketing? Uh, I mean, I, I guess so. Just cause I mean, the, I would say the contracts are, you know, more, Sure. Uh, in depth. But, um, you know, the contracts with the, the companies could be in depth too. Um, I mean, I've went over a lot of contracts in general, just, I mean, they're pretty, they're not anything intense. Uh, you know, I don't have a law degree, but if I ever do, you know, need some backup, I do have um, like friends that are lawyers that look over my stuff sometimes. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so how did you, let's start with how you kind of started your agency. Um, I think you you've definitely leveraged all the social media platforms. You led like when I was doing research on you, read a couple of stories, it seemed like you had this pretty organic growth. Um, so for, uh, you know, for a lot of the kids listening or college kids listening, I think a lot of kids think they have to wait for permission for before, oh, I need a degree in that thing to do that thing. Oh, I need somebody to say that this is okay for me to go out and do that thing. Um, can you talk about the process of, how you started and grew your marketing agency? Yeah, for sure. So um, I started PG Sports in 2011. I was uh, in between my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, I was literally just like up one night and I just was like pretty much bored. And I created a, a Twitter page uh, and it was, I think it was originally PG Sports CT. PG Sports wasn't available. And um, I was just tweeting about sports, but I knew, uh, I mean, my goal was always to be a sports agent. And um, so I want to have like a foundation for after college. So that's like another reason why I made it. And then, um, and then I made t-shirts and people liked them. So it kind of turned into apparel brand for a, a while, which I still sell the apparel just cause um, you know, with all these different things now, it's just like, why not have it up there? And, and all these agencies are doing it now too. It's, it's funny too, because like, that was like one of my goals to, you know, get the players I work with to wear my apparel, like in the future, which I, which I do have now. 
but it's funny to see like a rock nation and that's exactly what they do now they have their gear they got their players and they always are rocking it and stuff like that so it's pretty cool to um see like that stuff and then yeah just over the years just making all the connections um like when i which i which i started with the clothing brand you know i targeted connecticut athletes that were pros and you know i, I reach out and I say i'm from connecticut obviously you know we're a small state so it's like a, a, rate, a relatable thing it's not like a you know florida or texas and it's like a million pro athletes um so there's there i mean i'm sure there's probably only if you count them right now there'd probably only be like 50 pro athletes from connecticut or something like that that are active i'm saying um so you know just things like that and then just you know from um going to college to just making connections um i don't think necessarily my degree um maybe has helped me as much as people think um but it's more about like you know connections you make at college like even for example, like I work with um, Brandon Copeland, he's on the Falcons now. He just signed with the Falcons, and uh, he's just, from Connecticut. No, so uh, I'll say Brand- friend, no, obviously, you branched out of Connecticut. My- <laughs> it, no, no, so uh, my friend uh, that I went to Sacred Heart with, he introduced me to him. Like, I don't know, he always told me about him, and he introduced me to him maybe like five years ago. Um, so things like that happened. So, um, and then you know, Renee Montgomery, uh, I've been working with her for a while I've known her for like eight years she was the first um woman to wear this stuff and now um just like her whole brand blew up and now she's uh, the co-owner of the Atlanta Dream mm-hmm. so yeah I like that you you actually like you targeted it and I, I think you were intentional about reaching out to people like when you were when you were reaching out to like pro athletes and stuff just as some college kid um was it like a little weird reaching out because I, I feel like a lot of kids again they try to like wait for permission um but it seems like the more you just kind of for like a normal dude, <laughs> the more genuine you were, the more likely these athletes were willing to respond and, and relate to you. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I just have like a, uh, maybe, maybe it's kind of sounds like, it, but it's like, a, I don't care attitude. Like I'm just going to reach <laughs> out like whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, like even like the, one of the first athletes that were was uh, Rob Jackson. He was from West Haven. Uh, he was playing for the Washington team at the time. And I just messaged him. I told him from West Haven, he wore it. He gave it out to all the players too. So that was awesome. Um, and then another guy, uh, he was my favorite player actually growing up, uh, Chuck Knobloch. And he was like, I think he was actually, yeah, the first player to wear it. Uh, so That's that was awesome. like crazy. Uh, I had, I had a, it was literally like a paint bucket font. that said PG sports on it. <laughs> like it wasn't anything what it is now. So uh, yeah, those are just, I don't know. I just don't care about uh, reaching out and getting rejected. I mean, um, I think, you know, that's, that's the thing that, I think makes me successful is uh, like just, just reaching out and just keep on reaching out. Like, cause you're going to get a million no's and you know, I got a lot of yeses too, but I'm definitely, but it's definitely like a low number. It's like a batting average basically. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, like in baseball, you're uh, batting average of like two fifty is not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I feel like, you know, it, you can get a lot of no's, but it only really takes like one or two, yeses maybe a little bit more but it doesn't take a lot of yeses to like start that flywheel you know because yeah. if one athlete sees that you're they're rock, another athlete or a peer or a rival is rocking that brand okay now i want to see what that guy's up to yeah. um what are some of the i guess what are some of the deal like um so what is a typical marketing planning session like with you like if I, let's say i was a, an athlete who came to you yeah. what would that first initial conversation be like probably going to ask you what are your goals like what are you trying to accomplish with um just like the marketing i mean because there's different aspects it's like okay like some people don't like to post on social media so 
Like, am I going to be running your pages? Am I going to be finding the content to put out? Um, things like that. That could that could be something, or they could be good at social media, and maybe their brands aren't reaching out, or a lot of players don't look at their DMs, like, or their messages or emails, or some people don't even have their emails and their bios, which is a problem because you're missing out on stuff that could possibly happen. Um, so it could be a variety of things uh, like that. Um, so I, I, like I said, like I do the audits first, and then you know get all their social media right so it's you know branded and and your reach reach outable i guess is the word <laughs> mm-hmm. gotcha and then and then through that marketing like what are some of the what are some of like the markers that you or what are some of the metrics you use to like quantify success because i feel like marketing can be this very fluffy you know uh, madman type thing where it's like oh you know like we made this really cool ad and like a couple of people really liked it but um yeah how do you, how do you, I mean, I guess it depends again on the pro athlete and what they're looking to do, but generally how do you quantify your effectiveness? Yeah. So I think, um, I think the word marketing and things like that is just like variable for everybody that does it. Cause like I see people that say they're like marketers or whatever, but they're doing like totally different things that I'm doing. So it's like, you know, like a marketer could be somebody that creates the content and stuff like that, which I could do, but I'm saying like, there's a lot of people that could do it at a higher level, but I'm like, that's why maybe mine's more kind of like branding, I could say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, and a little bit of marketing and then like, you know, PR comes into play too, because you want to get the athletes out there with interviews and things like that. Um, and yeah, I think it's just, just, it could be whatever they want to do then. And I'm going to help them do that. And that, that, that'll be the marker, like whatever they want to do. Um, that's what, that's what the goal is. Gotcha. And so, yeah, so let's talk about the PR for a little bit. I mean, in one sense, everybody's their own media outlet. Like when LeBron James tweets, he gets more actually his, he gets more engagement than, you know, maybe Anderson Cooper does on the CNN national TV spot. Um, Why? So could you describe like, how do you define PR and then how would you go about, creating good PR, good public relations stories for your players? Well, yeah, that's a great question because PR, talk about marketing versus P, PR is another wide range of what uh, people do. Because uh, I've seen, you know, PR companies that just do like events and then like, yep. so it's like, it's a wide range. And so in my, well, for my thing, what I do for PR is just like either, either reaching out to, um, you know, uh, podcasts and things like that. Obviously those are big now articles are still really powerful. I think people are, are underrating those still um, because even if you're on a million podcasts, like some people aren't going to want to listen to like a 20 minute, 30 minute podcast. They rather just read like a five minute article. Um, so things like that and just um, getting them out into their, so say like if a player likes video games, like trying to get them into that world of like, you know, blogs and things like that. Um, yeah, pretty much like whatever they want to do, like whatever different things besides their own sport to get them in that's going to make them different already and that's going to make brands want to do stuff with them that might be different like for like again video games they're playing video games and they're streaming on twitch um like then a say like a um g fuel which is a uh like an energy drink type thing like they're gonna they're not gonna reach out to them if they're not playing video games basically Mm -hmm. and and so make the case to me and the listeners why should a student athlete, why should a pro athlete, why should anybody, or I guess we'll keep it to athletes. Why should a student athlete or a pro athlete care about crafting their brand 
while they are athletes? Well, one, if they, if they want to make more money <laughs> Two, um, I just say, I mean, just, just how the world works, like everything is social media now. That's why it's like kind of shocking. Sometimes when I see like a big, big time, a big time player that doesn't have like a Twitter or Instagram, which there are some, some guys that are like, you know, A-listers and they don't. Um, but I get it too, because they don't want to be on it or they're, they're older, but I feel like they're missing out on a lot of opportunities. Um, so I would, and then three, just like, um, like, like I said before, like everyone's a brand and, and things like that. I mean, if it's not, but like I said, like, I'm not, if people don't like it, then that's, that's whatever their loss, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's just like your choice, your preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, I've met a couple, I guess I come more from the football world, um, mostly kickers actually. Um, and I mean, talk about a position where like people either love you or they hate you. Um, (laughs) you know, I met some guys who don't even have, you know, they have no social media accounts. These are not old guys either. They're just like, I just had a bad experience once in college and you know, it sucks to say like you live in a world where if you're the kicker at an sec school, you get a bunch of death threats if you miss the kick, but unfortunately, you know, unfortunately that stuff happens. Um, but you also think like, most most pro sports careers just aren't that long and i guess you only have that platform for so long even if you're a college athlete i mean to say that you're a division one kicker or even just to say you're a college athlete um in some capacity like eventually you're not going to be there anymore so when you're done you want to make sure you have some type of audit it seems like your your real leverage as an athlete or even as a professional is the is the size and quality of your audience yeah does yeah, that sure. resonate with you? Yeah, definitely. Because um, like I work with uh, WNBA players and, you know, they're, I would say they're more popular and, and famous while they're in college. So if they don't have like a page in, like it's harder to build the following because they're the most of their followings are coming from their schools. And uh, even just in, but in general, like the athlete should definitely be starting in college because of those, because of those, you know, those power five schools, like you're talking about, like they the fan bases are crazy. Like some of them are bigger than even like, MLB teams or whatever they're they're crazy um and it's like uh so you gotta you just have to start you have to start early because you're gonna miss out on on things like that well and then like to go to the WNBA like you know we we all know pay equity and pay is a huge issue like these these uh female athletes are insane athletes very good professionals but they're not being compensated nearly at the rate of male pro athletes so the one way that you could level a playing field is by leveraging your audience and your yeah. brand to try to create more deals. Is that, is that what you've done? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, just working with a few of them now, it's just, um, you know, like I mentioned Renee Montgomery, like, you know, she's built, she retired this year. Um, she opted out last year. So um, we just been building her brand since uh, before that, but you know, everything blew up. So you know, just tweeting more and, and things like that and engaging more with the communities. Um, and then I work with Crystal Dangerfield. She won the Rookie of the Year last year. She also went to UConn um, and trying to get her out there more. Um, she was, a, she actually fell to the second round and then she was, so she was the first player ever to win Rookie of the Year. So that was cool just to, um, you know, have that accolade under her belt. And then that that's forever, like, you know, Rookie of the Year is kind of a big deal. And then, you know, when you win championships, that's a, that's another accolade that people always respect no matter what sport it is if you say you're a champion sure totally and i guess um wh- where do you see i mean obviously it's funny like 
I feel like I aged like a decade in a year. I like I went from 29 to 30, had a kid. And I'm like, like I pick my head up for a second to catch my breath. And then like the students I teach, they're all like, oh yeah, man, like nobody uses Instagram. Like, it seems like, like, okay. So kids had MySpace. I had MySpace back in the day. Then parents found MySpace and everybody bounced to Facebook. Then parents found ba- Facebook. Everybody bounced to Instagram and Twitter. Then parents came there and they all bounced to Snapchat and then parents came to Snapchat and they all bounced to TikTok. And then I'm sure there'll be something else soon. Yeah. So it's like this cat and mouse game, but like, where do you see, where do you see social media trends going or, or branding trends in social media going within the next five to 10 years? Like, for example, we've seen like the explosion of things like um, clubhouse yeah. or the sports equivalent, which is locker room audio is pretty big podcast. I mean, anybody can make a podcast now. Yeah case in point me um what what's where do you see those trends going for engagement yeah so it's funny you asked that too just because like i remember um before like tiktok got really big it was just like i felt like there was something new going to happen but i didn't know what it was and and that was tiktok and then yeah the clubhouse one blew up um like i personally think it it was way more successful because of the pandemic i'm not sure if it would be if it wasn't for the pandemic right um but yeah, I mean, I think there's probably going to be another, you know, there's going to be some other social media app that comes out. Um, and now with all like the cryptocurrency things, like I feel like something with social media and like cryptocurrency is going to happen. Interesting. So do you think, now there wasn't there an NFL player who asked to be paid in Bitcoin? And yeah. then, yeah, that was different. And then you have Tesla made $100 million. They So they were able to now accept payment for Tesla's in Bitcoin, and then they just became a Bitcoin trader. They made more money doing Bitcoin. Um, do you see more athletes asking to be paid in Bitcoin or like cryptocurrency? Yeah, yeah, I think that's like the new wave. Uh, again, I'll use Trevor Lawrence. He just got sponsored by uh, one of the crypto brands, and then the Giants actually just made a deal for sponsorship with uh, another one. So it's been interesting to see. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's getting it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is great. And it's interesting because like, it only has, it's like money. I mean, you only have, it only has value because we all believe it has value, but um, it lacks a government backing it up like the dollar does. But anyway, I guess we'll find out what happens in the next couple of years. Um, well, listen, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, what would be one piece of advice you would give to a student athlete coach or pro athlete who's listening to the podcast on branding? Oh, I'm branding. All right. Um, uh, I mean, it's kind of the same thing with everything. I think is just like consistency is key is like one of my slogans. Um, I think that's like what held me up um, in general and just business. And then uh, just for branding, like the, almost the same thing, like, you know, you can't like if you stop posting or stop like interacting for like a month or two or whatever, like you might lose some buzz or what things like that. Um, I think so staying consistent um with that and and being smart about social media obviously like again like not posting dumb things um so no no flat earther theories yeah well yeah sure (laughs) i mean kind of like more like that could get you in trouble um yeah yeah. things like that um but yeah that i mean that's that's what i would say just be consistent with everything gotcha and then if listeners want to connect with you or ask you for advice or learn more about your services what what's the best way for them to do that yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, my Twitter and Instagram is at PG Sports. Um, my email is paul at pgsports.com. So you can reach me there and uh, appreciate you having me on.
here's the out. Thanks for listening to The Coach Cahill Show. If you found today's show inspiring or helpful, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts or share the show with a friend. Reviews and ratings are what help us continually attract interesting and engaging guests like the one you heard today. Remember, referrals are the best compliment. <laughs>